We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Now this one, Dan, I, I mentioned this question was coming, and you said it's a pretty simple simple answer, but I was going to kind of see what other thoughts you might have or uh, scriptures you'd want to point us to. But here you go. Was the wine, when Jesus turned the water to wine, real wine? Yes. Okay, thank you for... No. <laughs> so it wasn't grape juice. It no. was the real thing. Yes. Um, in, in the New Testament, you have the word oinos. Oinos is the word for wine. And it can apply to to wine in any stage of fermentation. Um, you have Jesus' statement about, you know, you don't put the new wine in old wineskins that are already stretched, because mm-hmm. if you do, then the wineskins will burst. Well, why will the wineskins burst? Well, it will burst because of the fermentation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the first century, there was no such thing as refrigeration. Mm-hmm. So when when the grapes were harvested and the juice was pressed out and that juice was put into skins or whatever it was put into, there would be a natural process of fermentation that would take place. Mm. And for that reason, um, table wine, which was drunk daily, was uh, mixed with water usually. They, um, They would take some table wine and put it in there and mix some water in with it. And so you may have one part wine and two parts water. Mm-hmm. And they were, their daily drinking of the, the product of the grape would be that way. Now, if you drank enough of it, you could get drunk. But it was the, the, the common practice of, of drinking wine in those days was to mix it with water. So you would have to really want to get drunk if you were going to get drunk. Mm-hmm. All right. So. And so I guess just kind of the <clears throat> extension of that, and I'm sure that part of when someone asks a question like that, they're thinking about, you know, so Jesus turned the water to wine. Yep. That means Jesus probably drank wine. And you described that that was kind of a common practice. So by extension for us today, kind of what's the best practice for Christians? And I, I'm pretty sure there's some thoughts about that in the New Testament. But do we drink? Do we not drink? You know, what, what, what do we go to there? Well, um, this, this discussion could go all over the place depending on the, shall I say, the bias <clears throat> of the people that are asking the question. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yes, it was wine. And yes, Jesus did drink wine. But I want to, I want to look at this uh, passage with you. Look at Luke chapter 7 and um, verse 34, verse 33 beginning, excuse me. He's talking about why some people rejected John the Baptist and why some people rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they, they both found their excuse. <clears throat> he says, for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you all said, well, he has a demon. But the Son of Man came both eating and drinking. 
And you say, Behold, a man who is a glutton and a drunkard, the friend of tax collectors and sinners. Well, Jesus was not a glutton and he was not a drunkard. Mm -hmm. But some people made this excuse by saying that the fact that he drank wine from time to time meant that he was a drunkard. Well, he wasn't. So that in and of itself shows you there's a difference. Now, Mm -hmm. a completely separate issue from the technicality there of whether it was legitimately wine is the um, the matter of our influence. Mm. If, if we look at 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10, there is a, a similar idea there of whether it was wrong or right to eat meat that had been sacrificed to idols. And uh, Paul shows that in and of itself, there was nothing wrong with eating that meat. But then... In chapter 9, he gives examples of things which people had the technical right to do, Mm -hmm. which they gave up the right to do those things from time to time for the sake of not having a bad influence on other people. And uh, he includes in that, as the discussion uh, goes on, even the matter of... uh, eating and drinking. He says, I'm not going to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else whereby I might cause my brother to stumble. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that doesn't mean it's always wrong to do that. What he means is my influence comes first. So here's the real question. Not whether I can technically prove in scripture uh, that it's 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 wrong to drink a, a glass of wine because you can't do that. But the question is, is my highest goal to preserve my right to do that, or is my highest goal my influence other, over other people? Mm. So if if I drink and I encourage somebody else to drink, and that somebody else drinks and and drinks to excess, and maybe becomes an alcoholic or or uh, abuses his family or whatever and I'm the one that encouraged him to do that in the first place by my example Jesus said I caused him to stumble and it would be better for me to have a millstone tied around my neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea yeah <clears throat> so I think what really happens here is that the more we gain Christian maturity it's not so much about what do I have the technical right to do mm-hmm it becomes, what can I do to be very careful that I have the right influence over my brother? Right. So for the most part in our culture today, it's probably the best thing for Christians to be willing to give up that right for fear of leading somebody else in the wrong way. Now, what somebody chooses to do in the privacy of their home somewhere, that's a different deal. But Mm. That's an area we need to be really, really careful. Yeah. yeah. And it's and like I said, <clears throat> this is the discussion that comes with a lot of bias based on your background and personal experiences. But yeah. the general principle is something we can apply, I mean, to drinking alcohol or a multitude of other things. That's right. Um, because obviously we don't <laughs> deal with the sacrifice of meat and idols and those sort of things right. like they would have back then. But the principle still applies. Right. And, and you know... Um, uh, I've I've known even uh, some someone in leadership of the church in times past that so insisted on the right to drink wine 
that they seem to not appreciate the fact that their influence could really lead a lot of people off into the wrong path. I've, I've been acquainted with numerous people in and out of family and everything else that have been afflicted by alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And um, that influence can be very damaging. So I think the more we mature as Christians... It's not just what do I have the right to do, it's what should I do sure. to preserve the best influence that I can have. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Like I say, it's one of those, you've got some questions that you want answered. We're more than happy to explore them, but sometimes it's good to go beyond just that initial question. Uh, because there's a lot of things in Scripture that are far beyond the do and do not. Absolutely. And there's a lot of practical applications we can make just to live a better influence Christian life out in public amongst everyone. So. Yep. All right. So thanks again for those questions. Keep them coming. We appreciate everyone who's watching these videos and sharing them around. We hope you all have a great day. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.